in a world where there are only two stages. There's those who live in the front and those who live in the back. <laughs> what the hell? Scare of control, this is TK226. This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. I swear there's more to me than butt stuff. You know, it's funny. I put out a post a while ago that asked the question from my followers. Um, I asked them, do you guys like when I go outside of Star Wars and do other things other than just Star Wars? Or should I keep uh, or should I keep to the landing and just talk about Star Wars? Overwhelmingly, unfortunately, um, or fortunately, the way you look at it, but overwhelmingly, I, I had, uh, you know, stay in a galaxy far, far away. Really? Yeah. I would have, I would, I honestly expected you to say the opposite. Yeah. Um, just because I think, you know, if you're a nerd, you're kind of, or, or a geek, you're kind of a geek for lots of different things. Like, I, sure, yeah. I love Star Trek. Um, I love uh, Ray Bradbury. I don't know Calvin and Hobbes. I'm trying to look around to see, like, <laughs> yeah. what do I love? What Spider-Man I? <laughs> comic books? Who am I? Who lives here? <laughs> what, where, where did all this stuff come from, and who put it in my room? And what room is this? But Yeah. yeah. Too funny. Yeah. Um, <sighs> it, it was surprising to me, too. But obviously, since uh, I think the bulk of my listeners, uh, when Brad and I started the show, it was all you know, it was all Star Wars. So I, I can yeah. kind of, I can kind of see, um, you know, where they're coming from. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's always fun to branch out, and I, I often do yeah. and talk about other stuff. So, but we're back in a galaxy far, far away. Back to Star Wars. Everybody of the Scuttlebutt Nation, this is Ro, your friendly neighborhood. Ro here on the Citadel. We're uh, sitting here talking to one of my favorite collaborators, Dave Humphreys from What Does Star Wars Mean to You? What's up, buddy? Hmm. Not much. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. What does Star Wars mean to you? Did I, I did I ever ask you that? I think I asked you that, right? We, we yeah, went, I, I think so. Yeah, I'm we went sure back and forth on that. It, uh, it means... You know, it, it's a good question. I think this is what I said last time, but it, it's something I'm searching for. Like, what does it mean to me? Like, what what am I doing in this room? What does it um, what what does it mean to me? And I find listening to other people talk about what it means to them is really kind of enlightening. So it's uh, I think uh, what it means to me is you know it's a passion I've had since childhood. I've always loved Star Wars. I think it's a spectacular like um story universe. It's it's a, it it is not a genre but has many genres unto itself. Uh so and like whenever I ask this question online, I get this answer a lot and I think it's the right answer. It means everything, bro. It means sure. everything. Absolutely. I um and, and getting back to, you know, to that uh conversation, I always say if you cut me, I bleed Star Wars. So it it, yes. it definitely means everything. Um 
It's funny because I, I just uh, I forgot what, whose show I was on. I think it was uh, my friend DJ of the Exegesis. Uh, I think that we're we're talking about uh, you know different meanings on on Star Wars and what uh, what it represents. But um, I, I I did say that that if 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 uh, if you cut me, I believe Star Wars. Um, but I think I, I I mentioned you know I also mentioned like my wife would say like. It's you know you guys are still talking about Star Wars. What what's left to talk about? <laughs> but leave, leave it up to the nerds. We can find a way. And oh uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we did find a way for tonight. But before we get into that, uh, to the main topic, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite force powers throughout the movies. Um, there's a lot of movies and there's a lot of force powers, and uh, we're going to kind of. Uh, Get our toes wet and uh, and really discuss and talk about uh, some of our favorites, maybe some of our not so favorites, and uh, the problem with some of them, uh, which we'll get into. But I wanted to, you know, before I forget, I wanted to tell uh, folks uh, or have you remind them where people can find you and what's been going on, on in your neck of the woods. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, you can find me on anywhere you stream podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Amazon. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Blue Sky uh, Threads. Is that a thing too? Um, at Star Wars Mean to You. That's at Star Wars Mean, the number two in the letter U. And I've had a, you know, I had a just a rash of interviewing authors the past like four or five weeks. I've uh, talked to to adam christopher who wrote uh shadow of the sith i talked to adam lance garcia who wrote a story in the um return of the jedi uh from a certain point of view anthology charlie jane anders who i'm going to be posting i think this thursday uh who wrote uh, another story in um in the return of the jedi anthology series and um and then this great a guy who writes a um, substack called, I always mess up the pronunciation because I can't pronounce the planet, but it's a uh, Octo Baby. It's oh, okay. a A H C H T O Baby. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Freeman, he has this great newsletter that is like a very quick read, but very elegant read. And he has a lot of great thoughts, always on the positive side. So, yeah. Um, it's just been a lot of interviews. Oh, and one that's coming up, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, it's it's that scheduling thing we were talking about earlier. Sure. Eddie Pence, who is a co-host to uh, uh, Ralph Garman on The Ralph Report. I'm a big fan of that show. And uh, he hopefully he'll come on. He's a big Star Wars fan, too. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I think last time you were here, you were telling me about The Ralph Report. Yes, yes. Yeah, very nice. It's um, just a fun daily show. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got some good stuff going there. Um, congratulations. And um, I got to catch up on some of your shows. The, uh, the, the the fact that you got a couple of authors is really great because um, we are starting a, um, a reading club on the Red 5 Network. Uh, if you uh, are interested in, in, you know, doing some reading or joining us, um, yeah. we are going to be reading uh, The Heir to the Empire. Uh, the original Timothy Zahn um, book that uh, yeah. started all the frenzy with uh, <laughs> Grand Admiral Thrawn. So we're going to be reading that. Uh, you know, look for um, Red Five Reading on Twitter. Uh, give him a follow. That is run by uh, our pal Nicole, 
from uh, the Use and Abuse podcast. So um, she's going to be doing some right. really great stuff. I got a couple of uh, metal bookmarks that I'm going to add to uh, a couple of giveaways that we're going to be doing. So that should be a lot of fun. Now that Ahsoka is done and we have, I don't know how long to wait for the next incarnation oh. of, of Thrawn. Um, but um, did you finish uh, the Ahsoka series? What'd you think? What, what's your, your overall uh, impressions? Um, and, I thought, and don't tell, and don't tell me you don't do impressions. <laughs> now I feel like I need to do this as Yoda and it's going to mess me up <laughs> or mess me up. It will. Yes. Um, I, I really enjoyed the, uh, the series. I thought episode, like it picked up at episode five, episode six, episode seven, and then episode eight, it really didn't stick the landing for me. Um, there was a lot of great things in episode eight, but I think at the end of the day, I felt like that was a finale for a series that had a different storyline that we, we didn't witness. Um, I, I just felt like, I felt like Balin was left hanging for too long. Um, I felt like I, I wanted a T and this is, you know, like all opinions, this is my own personal opinion. It's not, uh, I really enjoyed the, uh, series, but again, as a geek, it's kind of my, uh, badge to tear the things I love apart. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then I, I really wanted to see what Thrawn was moving in all the caskets. I mean, the I think the assumption was it was the the dead, mm-hmm. but um, I I just wanted to have that like chilling like post credit moment where it like pans across one, mm-hmm. lands on the window of the head, and you see inside and what it is. Right. Um, I think that's what it was. It was a lot, a lot, a lot of questions, not a lot of answers. Sure. And I, I think The Force Awakens made me a little um, weary of lots of questions, no answers. And uh, so, yeah. But overall, like, my God, episode five, talk about yeah. nailing an episode. Sure. Um, yeah, and I, six. I, I feel like those five and six, I feel like those were the peak of the series because I, too, yeah. share your opinion where, you know, that last episode was was um, very, very lackluster. Um, you know, and, and obviously I expected a cliffhanger, but this was yes. this was almost worse than a cliffhanger. It's almost like the writer just stopped writing. Yes. It just felt like yeah. like nothing was nothing was even drawing you towards a cliffhanger. It's like, all right, here's the characters and let's get a wide shot of them and have them everybody, hey, bye, see you later. <laughs> you know, it was just it was a little weird to me. Yeah, I agree with that. It felt yeah. uh story-wise, I think that's a really great way of saying it. It was a cliffhanger without being a cliffhanger. We were like 10 feet back from the cliff and we weren't sure what was over the side. Yeah, somebody, uh, one of my buddies said uh, it almost felt like a uh, the ending of a Seinfeld episode. You hear, and they're just all in jail, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what it felt like, especially you know, yeah. since Ahsoka and and uh, and Sabine were on the planet, and they're like, eh, let's just stay here. This is where we belong. We're like, seriously, this is where we belong. You were searching for Thrawn in the Mandalorian show and, and uh, nothing would stop you. And now he's gone and you're like, eh, whatever. 
Yeah, yeah, good enough. <laughs> I, I, it's a little odd. Just, just maybe building a giant rope to lasso another space whale. Um, something, something, something. Although I do think, and and I know that we're not talking this and talking theories, but um, I do think they'll use the world between worlds to get back. That's mm, interesting. The best well, I've got. We're gonna have to wait. Uh, Probably two years. Yeah, two years uh, for any resolution. And I, you know, I hope the fans kind of, um, I hope the fans are patient because obviously, uh, you know, like, like you, I enjoy the series um, and I really would want to, to see some sort of resolution. They haven't announced a a season two yet. And I hope they, they do, or if there's going to be, you know, a movie resolution. I don't know. I, I, I just hope they don't leave it like they did um, like the solo movie at the end where you, know, you get a really yeah. great cliffhanger and then nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I but, agree. I agree. I'm, I'm hoping that as soon as the writers, uh, not writers strike, the SAG after strike is resolved. Sure. They may announce the, season two yeah absolutely and i know you know everything has to do with uh with ratings and subscriptions on disney plus and you know hopefully those numbers are satisfactory um but uh as han solo would say i have a bad feeling about this (laughs) that's funny i i'd like to know your take on this because uh and i know we're steeped in star wars but i felt like the response from the general public was very good for Ahsoka. Um, yes. Even if the, the watching numbers were not as good. Right. And I know a lot of people binge watched the series when it was over with and the numbers didn't reflect, you know, their, their weekly uh, watch uh, hours, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people that just decided to wait until the series was over. Um but I, I would have to agree. I think general audiences, uh, you know, tuned in to, to see what was going on. Who are these characters? And I don't think they were in danger of being confused or not knowing too much if they hadn't watched Rebels. I think they did a decent job in, in introducing the characters and kind of letting the general public know, you know, a little backstory. I was actually afraid that there was a, going to be a lot of of exposition like characters that know each other talking about each other in the third person and explaining things to the to the normies i i that's what i was afraid of but you know that first episode you had uh mention of ezra right away and uh, you know people get you know he sabine gave a little um a little background with uh with Hera, and and i think that was that was enough for a general audience to kind of you know start to maybe put two and two together as the series continued yeah, and I felt a little bit of the opposite. I was afraid that they weren't going to get into any of the bigger uh, mythological or storylines, and they did. Yeah, uh, the- they did with full force. I mean, you're talking about loving episode five and six with, uh, yes. you know, bringing back Clone Wars era, you know, Anakin. Uh, I mean, that was that was pretty monumental. Yeah, and and them walking into the world between worlds. And I know for normies, you don't need to know what that is, but it was a great kind of Easter egg for fans of the Clone Wars. And um, also, just uh, like Dathomir, the witches, 
um, a lot of callbacks to mythology that was in the Clone Wars and Rebels. And I thought that was just really impressive that they they kind of had the cojones to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Star Wars cojones are the best cojones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, our main discussion, we're going to be talking about force powers. And, um, you know, we um, we were planning on discussing this. Uh, we actually uh, were going to record this show uh, many moons ago. Uh, scheduling uh, kind of got in the way, but uh, I'm glad we are here sitting at the table uh, talking about uh, force powers. Um we're going to go through, I, I, I want to maybe even go, you know, trilogy per trilogy and kind of uh, discuss a little bit about force powers and then maybe our first impressions of force powers as we started to learn them, uh, you know, as young chaps when we first saw the, uh, the original trilogy. <clears throat> so um, without further ado, let's get started. Your first impression, when you think about the force, first of all, what kind, what feelings do, does uh, force talk bring to you? What do you think? Oh, that's or, a good question. Or is there, I, is there is there a character that you first think of when when you hear the force, or or a scenario, or or maybe a concept? I think, I, well, I think I think of Yoda's explanation of the Force. Sure. It surrounds us, binds us. Um, I think of it, uh, as he described it, as an energy that is just within everything. And because that energy is within everything, it can touch. Um, it's, it, it's in touch with itself and connects, well, as Yoda said, all living things. Um, so that's what I think of when I think of the force as just kind of this connective tissue between all things. Life creates it, makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings don't eat, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you here. Between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Yes, even between the land and the ship. That is probably the greatest explanation of the Force um, as we see it in The Empire Strikes Back. Yoda is explaining yep. to Luke during, you know, during his training. But I think, um, yeah, I, it was uh, well written. It was a great explanation, um, you know, about this uh, all mysterious force. And I think, uh, yeah, that really kind of has uh, survived the test of time. And we'll get to, you know, the the later. Um, I'm going to almost say uh, a, a weird re uh, deconstruction of that um, explanation uh, when we get to the uh, discussion on on the the prequels. Um, but um, yeah, the, the the force is very mysterious when it comes to the original trilogy. We have uh, yep. its its first mention 
uh, when Luke, you know, goes to Obi-Wan Kenobi and they're talking about uh, his father's lightsaber and the Force and the Clone Wars. Um, and uh, what did you think of that discussion um, as you first saw it? As I first saw it, um, well, it's kind of like Ben says, it's this is your first step into a much larger world. And yes. I think really it was, um, I mean, this is a good question because thinking about the force now, I have a very different kind of perception of it oh. than what we had from when we first saw Star Wars. So taking myself back to that position, I first saw Star Wars, you know, the force was not limited, but we only had hints of its powers, like the Jedi mind trick, the uh, choking of a person. Um, what else? Uh, uh, the, 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 the ability to uh, protect yourself, whether it's deflecting blaster bolts or making a sound off stage where uh, the bad guys turn around and don't look at you as you sneak away from oh, the... Oh, that's right. Uh, as Ben snuck away from uh, depowering the uh, tractor, tractor beam. beam. Right. Um, so it's very interesting because the force then was much subtler, much smaller, much more of something that you can control almost by sleight of hand as opposed to what it is now, which is almost an extension of a superpower. Yes, I would, uh, I would tend to agree. And, you know, let's, uh, let's not forget to, uh, preamble our force discussion here with, uh, reminding, you know, reminding Star Wars fans that are listening, um, you know, how George Lucas kind of situated the force and, 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 and put the, the concept of the force out to the, the audience through the, the films, you know, he didn't want to preach a certain aspect of religion on young people, but he did want to at least awaken their, um, their questioning right. yeah. of spirituality. And I think, uh, you know, when it comes to the force awakening in, in us, um, I think that's kind of a, a really, I think it's a kind of a, a, an interesting way for a director to kind of infuse, um, some sort of spiritual spirituality in, in the audience and not just, you know, in, from one particular aspect of a religion, but just, uh, the, the aspect of, of exploring, um, you know, your own spirituality and what that means to you. Um, but you're yeah. right. I think, you know, it was very subtle at the beginning and now it is almost like an extension, a superpower, you know, you've got characters uh, pulling, you know, Star Destroyers out of the sky and things like that. But, you know, we, you know, obviously we do get a, a little bit of a hint of how powerful the Force is in um, in Star Wars, the original one, when Vader uh, pretty much tells, uh, you know, Admiral Moti is um, when they're talking about the Death Star, you know, this space station is nothing compared to the power of the Force. And uh, you get that little exchange in, in the uh, Imperial boardroom. Yeah. Vader, release him. I always loved that Grand Moff Tarkin was able to like pull on Vader's chain and be like, no, yeah. no, down. Yeah. And it's funny. As a kid, I'm like, wait a minute. Isn't he the main bad guy? <laughs> you know? Yes. Because yes, exactly. he, he looks so cool. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I remember thinking that. I'm like, oh, wow. 
Um, but um, yeah, absolutely. So we do get hints of uh, the grander scheme of things when it comes to the Force in Star Wars. Um, and, you know, you talked about Star Wars, uh, the Force nowadays being uh, a bit more of a superpower. Um, the end of the original film has Luke Skywalker really trusting in himself and not the technology that is at his fingertips. And I find that interesting. Uh, for many reasons, I think uh, you know. Again, getting back to George Lucas's implementation of of um, of the spirituality or the hope that we have in each other and ourselves, I think it it really teaches us to you know to trust in ourselves. And um, I don't know. It's 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 really cool to to see that as 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 young as young people as kids. Um, because you know, we, yeah. we, we, ha- we are surrounded, especially nowadays, I can't imagine it was like this in, in 1977, but especially nowadays you are surrounded by technology. We've got, uh, you know, some massive technology in our backs pockets, um, you know, able to, uh, you know, Google and take pictures, uh, yeah. ad nauseum, uh, and post them on social media. But I think it's, uh, you know, it's that technology that, uh, I think, you know, George is telling us to kind of put down the put down the Instagram and use the force. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, it's, kind it's, of trust it's, yourself. It's almost as if George Lucas was saying, you don't need Google maps. You know how to get to the death star exhaust. Exactly. Just do it. Just do um, it. I think that's a really uh, salient point that um, the force encourages us to trust ourselves. And maybe that's the, probably the message of uh definitely Star Wars episode 4 um but maybe the whole series or just that original trilogy because that is when he like Luke takes the largest step in his yeah. training is when he shuts off the targeting computer and takes his shot and and that's interesting too because i i would um I would dare to say that, uh, you know, he obviously Luke was still learning um, the stages of the power of the force. But at the same time, the stages of his own powers, his own convictions when it comes to, you know, believing in himself. And we're, we'll, we'll let's dive into uh, The Empire Strikes Back for this conversation because we obviously have, you know, Luke's training. You mentioned Yoda's explanation of the Force, and that's that's beautifully written. Um, there is, uh, you know, a point in time when um, he gets a little distracted. Luke and, and R2 get distracted because uh, his X-Wing is kind of sinking deeper and deeper into the swamps of Dagobah. And um, he's afraid that uh, he won't be able to, to, to get it out. Um, Yoda asks him to use the force. He tries and uh, it just doesn't work. Um, then, you know, obviously we, we know what happens next. Uh, Yoda uses the force, lifts the X-Wing out of the swamp, sets it, uh, you know, on the shore there. And, and oh, my God, it's uh, it's majestic. It's, it's unbelievable. And Luke says as much. I, I don't believe it. And uh, what does Yoda say? (laughs) That is why you failed. There you go.
think that is a continuation of what Luke learned uh, during the Death Star Trench run. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, and uh, as you're saying that, I'm now trying to think of what force power was revealed when. Um, I don't know if the ability to lift objects well, I guess he lifted some rocks before. Right. Before we see the um, pulling of the X-Wing out of the swamp. I think it's uh, really the reveal of the use, the reveal of the use of powers, I think is interesting or kind of important because in order to believe in the world, and this is one of the things I have with the force. Um, you kind of have to understand what it can and can't do. And my feeling is a lot of the times the force can almost do anything. Right. Um, and so it makes you wonder, like, what can someone, um, can everyone do? Pull the X-wing out. Can everyone do the force heal that Ray does? Can every, or is it more of a personal kind of attunement where Ezra's really good with animals, um, Ray is good with healing? Uh, there have been characters in in books where they kind of. Uh, I think in the High Republic, there's a character who can force meld, which like is almost the. Um, Constructicon of Jedi's, where five Jedi's kind of combine to amplify the Force oh, in wow. order to become a larger influence. Um, yeah, I apologize. I think I totally sideswiped you with that. No, <laughs> and, and, and that's into fine. My mind. That's uh, again, you know, when you get two nerds, I mean, we we uh, we yeah. branch we branch off into anything. But you know, that brought me to uh, to another force power that uh, that I don't think we've seen in the original trilogy. We see it in Ahsoka is the psychometry uh, yes. when you know she goes around and she starts kind of like feeling the air and she can kind of feel the vibes of what happened in that vicinity or feel, you know, some feelings or some, some events that happened in the past. And I think, um, I think that that's interesting. You know, there's a comic book. Um, I can't remember what the title is, but Leia uh, goes back to Naboo and she's walking around. She's meeting with some delegates, but she gets to, the um the hangar bay where we first see Darth Maul appear to Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and she senses something dark and sinister and there's a frame where the door opens and you see Darth Maul's face kind of yeah. superimposed over Leia looking around and that's an interesting one because that would be you know another uh example of psychometry um which is interesting i think uh but it's a it's it's really a great follow up question. How do the, how does the force manifest in each user? 
And, you know, yeah. you, you, um, you gave some different examples of who's best with what. And I would dare to say that, uh, that it is, that is the case. Like not everyone can do the same thing. And earlier in the month I had equated that on Twitter. I said, you know, it's almost like, you know, uh, some people can play the piano really well. Some people can, you know, yes. um, edit really well. Some people can sing very well. It's, um, you know, not everybody can do the exact same thing at the, at the exact, uh, you know, level of, of expertise. And I think the force is the same way. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And taking that analogy one step further – Within uh, playing the piano, some people can play the piano really well, but some people play the violin really well. Some people, it's all music, but there are like even specialties within the specialties. Um, and it would kind of be interesting to see um, like a group of Jedi each exploring their own specialties. Yes. I think that would I think that would reveal a lot about what's going on with the force. Yeah, absolutely. I think um I was doing a little research on this and I was thrown back to the uh 1987 West End Games put out the role-playing game, uh the Star Wars role-playing game, and they had a basis on the force um that was like kind of three tiers. And let me see if I can remember it. It's um, uh, awareness, which is your surroundings. Body, which is yourself and control, which I'm not sure. I'm going to just Google this real quick. Use the force. Use the force, Dave. You don't need Google. <laughs> Put the keyboard down. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm not I'm not finding it very quickly, which doesn't help at all. Um, but I think the idea of it is basically there are kind of basic elements. For me, there are basic elements to the force. One being awareness, which is your surroundings. That tells you what's going on in your world. And th under that could be, um, what is it? Tell us uh, the, the ability to see the past through current objects. Psy psychometry? Is that? Yeah, psychometry. Yeah. Tell us. Um, and then there's the body. That's like what you can do with yourself. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, control, which is bringing the two together to exert uh, your power upon your surroundings. And because I have this, uh, I'll call it a frustration of like, okay, what are the force powers? Can they, can they all run fast? Is that a force power? <laughs> is jumping hot? Like, can you jump off of a bill? I remember reading a book where uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin slid down the side of a building. And it makes sense when you think of the, um, the, the prequel trilogy and their use of the powers, but Luke was never doing that. Sure. Or it um, didn't seem like he was doing those type of things. So bringing it down to those basic elements, then you can see how it kind of like you could almost do anything. It's almost like having butter, flour, and sugar 
from those three things, you can almost make anything. Sure. You add a little yeast, you got bread. You add chocolate chips, you got cookies. Yeah. It's just, but those are your like foundations. Um, and I, I feel like that that opened up for me the ability to see like, okay, from there, the force could grow to anything and almost touch upon anything. And I think that's a good, for me, a good kind of definition or uh, understanding of the force. Sure. And, you know, I, I think it all, uh, it also depends on the training that you've done. I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, Obi yes. and um, Qui-Gon, you know, jumping around and sliding off buildings. I mean, you know, Luke started really late in life. Um, yes. There were, you know, various things that Luke did not know and, and uh, he had to, you know, learn at, at a later age. Um, but, you um, yeah, it's, it's a great analogy. Um, now it, I, I think I'm going to go get some Toll House cookies now. <laughs> right. It's a, I, I have a tendency of making myself hungry with my analogies. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so you mentioned the prequels. Um, so uh, let's uh, kind of uh, go in that direction. You did mention some force running, which uh, I think a lot of people have a problem with the fact that, you know, during that first um, first couple of scenes in uh, episode one, The Phantom Menace, we do get some really cool and interesting force powers that Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan do as they're trying to escape the droidikas, uh, trying to get into the main control area of the Neomodians uh, ship. Um, they do something really interesting, something really cool to escape those droids down that hallway. Zip! They just zip off yeah. and uh, in a blur, they disappear. They just kind of run off. And then we never see it again, um, which uh, is interesting. Um, you know, and uh, yeah. at the end of that movie, you would think, okay, so Obi-Wan and uh, Qui-Gon... <laughs> get separated uh by the sh like these shield door things um qui-gon obviously um gets trapped with uh with darth maul and we know what happens there um but uh, you would think that obi-wan would time out um as the certain timing of the opening and closing of these shield doors where he would just do the fast running um, one time and not get caught and defeat the, the villain and call it a day. But uh, that didn't happen. Um, what do you feel about that? You know, I've never put the two together until you just said that. And now <laughs> I am really questioning everything. I think <laughs> it's um, – you know, somebody said the force, the force is used in order, like whatever plot is, whatever yeah. plot point is needed, the force is, go is going to, you know, do that. Um, even in Ahsoka, when uh, Sabine and Ezra were chasing the Star Destroyer and they were too far, you know, there was no way that they were going to, uh, you know, to to do a run and a jump to the deck of the Star Destroyer. But if you can use the force... Maybe there's a chance. So Sabine used the force. 
Um, so it's yeah. interesting. I, I think, um, you know, I, I, I like the fast running. I wish they had done it again. Yeah, I agree. I like the fast running too. I Here's the other thing about the Force is Marvel used to have this thing called the No Prize. And it was when a reader would write in and say, hey, in issue 25 of Spider-Man, he did this. But in issue 27 of Spider-Man, he did this, which contradicts that. But I think the reason it contradicts that is this. And if you came up with a good reason why it worked within the universe, they'd give you a no prize. Yeah. And I think the no prize on that scene is Darth Maul had a subtle dark, uh, dark side uh, stasis force use you know like kylo ren uses to freeze people and Mm -hmm. blaster bolts and he was freezing them out of using their running powers okay i can i can uh i can get on board with that (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it's but it's funny as as fans we have to kind of hypothesize and kind of uh write our write in our own explanations um it's it's kind of funny i i I don't mind i don't mind um, you know, some of them are more stretchy than others, I would say, <laughs> concept-wise. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I like that. Well, as soon as you brought up that at very top of the movie, they use fast run and they get out of a situation. Very end of the movie, they're separated by doors where fast run would have solved the issue. And that immediately made me think that um, – when Obi-Wan was fighting Darth Maul after Qui-Gon died, he's hanging on the ledge and Qui-Gon's like uh, hitting the lightsaber to like knock off his fingers. Um, and what does uh, Obi-Wan have? Not the high ground. Right. So what does he do? He leaps up and he cuts um, Maul. Darth Maul in half. Right. Well, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, he has the high ground. And he says, don't do it, Anakin. I have the high ground. Anakin leaps up and tries to slash Obi-Wan, but Obi-Wan cuts off like nine of his limbs. <laughs> I know he only has four, but <laughs> but at that point. Um, so it, it's almost the same kind of thing. It's like sure. what you set up, do you have to pay off because you've set it? set up differently in a different situation all right so now you got to write a uh, no prize explanation we got to send it to <laughs> steve ditko from marvel comics and see if you get a no prize how would you explain that oh how would i explain that okay um i i've got it obi-wan did it to darth maul so he knew exactly the move to make therefore when anakin did it to him he was like oh no au contraire I know what moves you're going to make and I can counter it because I've done it before. Sure. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, Anakin was uh, Obi-Wan's friend and how horrible would it have been to slice Anakin in half? Um, But, you know, the argument also too is, is uh, why leave him to burn to death and suffer? (laughs) Put him out of his misery. Yeah. That one is just as cruel. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's too funny. Um, but yeah. These, these inconsistencies are in everything that have a long lifespan. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, and spanning you know, and spanning back, nine movies and countless TV yeah. shows and spinoffs. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I always go back a little bit, and and this is also part of like the, uh, well, how does the force work? Question. I go back to things like Star Trek, where uh, in the original series in 1965, Klingons looked a certain way, and in 1978 or 79, um, I forget when they reappear in the movies. I think Star Trek Three. No, I, they look different. They, they were or, they were in the motion picture. Oh, they were in the motion yeah. picture. Yeah. And and they look different, didn't they? Yeah. And it's it's kind of an understandable thing. You know, the same with Star Wars. Um, you know, the technology changes, so your ability to show things that you want to show changes. Sure. And I think that's a big thing that um we me as a geek needs to kind of let go of it and accept that like yes a movie in 1977 is going to look different than one in 99 and one in 2014 sure yeah or 16 17 i forget when the force awakens came out was it 15 i don't know it's been yeah 15 or 16 somewhere 15 17 19 it was 15 yeah Speaking of The Force Awakens, um, I think one of the more interesting force power, and it was visually stunning, is uh, right at the top. Uh, you've got, uh, you mentioned um, Kylo oh, Ren's, stunted. yeah, the Kylo Ren's, um, you know, almost uh, suspends a laser bolt in midair, and um, the audiences oohed and odd in my theater. I don't know how it was in your theater, but uh, that was an interesting one. And I think, um, you know, the cool thing that I like about Star Wars is it it does kind of uh, introduce new force powers um, that are visually stimulating uh, to the audience. I think, uh, you, you know, you can only uh, do, you know, Jedi mind tricks for so long before audiences get tired. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, the, uh, the laser bolt stasis, uh, you know, freezing it in midair was, uh, was really something, uh, to, to, to watch. It was, it was really cool. Yeah. It is a really cool power and a really cool, like you said, visual because after six movies, um, everyone was so used to laser bolts hitting, maybe not hitting their target, but getting to the target and that that's a great moment to make you go, oh, this guy's a powerful yeah. dark side sure. user. Hey friends, just a quick reminder, if you enjoy our content and don't want to commit to a Patreon tier, you can show your love in other ways. Oh yeah. Of course, you can take advantage of our merchandise store at TeePublic, where we've got cool designs from all across the Red 5 network. Look for sale announcements and save up to 30 to 35% on all our merchandise. Oh, nice. And there's also a very convenient way to help support the channel. As you know, coffee is our friend. It keeps us going. 
You can show your appreciation by heading over to buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Any amount starting at five bucks, a one-time treat for us to help with all the stuff it takes to maintain the quality you deserve. And remember, it's always sunny on Scarif. And that's the scuttlebutt. And pass the cream, please. have an incoming transmission from the Scarif Scuttlebutt Hotline, Commander, and we can't withstand a voicemail of this magnitude! Hey, how's it going, you guys? Uh, just recently discovered your uh, channel and uh, Twitter, and I've been uh, watching here and there. Just wanted to comment from Las Vegas, um, and a proud member of the 501st here, that uh, when we first saw Force Speed... That was pretty awesome. Um, sorry we didn't get to see it a little bit more throughout the other movies and shows, but um, just to answer your question for the week there, Force Speed in Phantom Menace, uh, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, that was pretty freaking awesome. Hope to hear from you guys soon, and I'll keep watching. Thanks. Bye. Hello there. Hey, Force users, I wanted to feature a voicemail we got. Yes, that's right. If you guys ever want to contribute to the show, give us a call and leave a message on the Scare of Scuttlebutt hotline. Put that number in your Rolodex. Yes, sir. That's 773-234-8659, and we'll play it on an episode. A while ago on our YouTube Scarif Live show, we did a collectible stream with some friends of the Red 5 Network, it was a great way to hear some stories about our favorite collectibles, and I put out a call to action. We're having a giveaway this October, and we've received a submission from our pal Todd from WSTR Galactic Public Access and Big T and Little T Podcast, which I'll play in a second. But if you're wondering how you can be part of that giveaway, head on over to the YouTubes there and watch that live Red 5 Roundup show streamed live on October 14th of this year. As fans, we love our collectibles and we love your voicemails, so call today. The hotline is open and waiting, so here is our friend Todd talking about a special collectible in his vault. Let's listen in. there was a major award maybe i'm joking but anyways uh this is todd from wstr galactic public access and big t and little t a star wars podcast uh you had a episode about your favorite collectibles and so i am writing in phoning in recording in um, and just wanted to tell you my favorite collectible so i started collecting in 97 ish uh power of the force 2 came out and i was just enamored that all these figures these new star wars figures were out at toys r us in the wild it was great it was fantastic it was a wonderful time and so i started collecting there and it just kind of grew and grew and it was out of control very quickly even on a very limited college pizza budget but 
Uh, one of the things was is as I was preparing to get married, I moved out of my parents' house and I was packing up my stuff and we had a bunch of stuff in the basement that I was just going through and trying to get everything that was technically mine out of my parents' house. And so um, we came across some of my old toys and so I'm just kind of rummaging through them and, under, you know, had my He-Man, my G.I. Joe. I'm like, I'm keeping all this stuff. And then there was this kind of odd and ends box and I opened it up and lo and behold, there are two in the package Star Wars figures from the 1980s. And so one of them was Return of the Jedi General May Dean with the fun fake beard from uh, the uh, meeting with Akbar and Mon Mothma and the whole thing. Uh, he's one of the generals that helped lay out the plan, and we get to see his fashion in Ahsoka. But anyways, I digress. The, the Holy Grail is I have in the package a Yoda from Empire Strikes Back with the Yoda orange snake and it has a zare sticker on it yes zares it was like before the walmarts and the myers and all that stuff it was zares and venture and all that fun stuff but anyways it was like two bucks uh i think it's worth over two hundred dollars now or something like that but the the greatest thing about it is it's mine i didn't go and get it but the story behind it is that my mom um probably i probably received a double uh, at a birthday, you know, from a birthday, and she never returned it, and she just kept it, and uh, I think that is super fun, and so I have that displayed in my cabinet, and uh, I just love the obviously the 1980s Kenner packaging, and it's so much fun. So that is my fun collectible, and that is the scuttlebutt. I'm, I'm asking this to be a little facetious, but from the um, sequel trilogy, what is one of your favorite force powers, not including stasis? Um, I liked the sequences when um, Kylo and Ray were getting in, in, into each other's minds. Um, yeah. I think, you know, in The Force Awakens, that was an interesting one because you can kind of, you know, it's almost like doing Jedi mind tricks to each other. Um, yep. I, I liked the information that was uh, gathered when one, you know, probed the other. And um, it, it was interesting. Um, you know, later, um, I, I, to be perfectly honest, I, I really – I have mentally erased um, a lot of stuff that happened in The Last Jedi. So I'm going <laughs> to skip to the ninth film. I think um, yep. there is some visually cool stuff that was done – during the uh, one of the first and uh, one of the initial battles between Ray and Kylo, where uh, you know the camera turns and then they are fighting in each other's um, environments, they kind of switch back and forth. Like she's with him and then he's with with her, yeah. and it goes back and forth. And I th I thought that was uh, I thought that was done fairly well, and it gave us the opportunity to kind of you know continue maybe. Um, seeing that they are in each other's heads. And I, I know that goes a long way for, you know, the concept of the, the force dyad, 
I don't think we've had mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, up until this point. Um, but it's it's an interesting concept. I I, I don't uh, fault the sequels for for trying something new because I think you know, like I said, the Star Wars introduces new stuff, and uh, that's one of the aspects yeah. that I love about uh, you know having having witness uh, having witnessing new new force powers, uh, new abilities. Because it's always interesting to kind of think about, uh, you know, I mean, what were your what were your thoughts when you first saw Kylo, you know, um, stop that laser bolt in midair? I mean, you know, Poe Dameron looked, you know, walked past it and he was like, what? The? I mean, I, th- I think that was yeah. everybody's reaction. That's, yeah, the, uh, that was um, definitely my reaction when he did. I, I mean, honestly, I think my reaction was, oh, my God, this guy's a badass. Mm hmm. This is sure. this is going to be a problem. Yeah, um, I really in, enjoyed that moment, and I especially enjoyed when Poe walked by it. That that that's a very, for lack of a better term, Star Warsian moment where his wide eyes are like taking in that information, doing the math of what all of that means, mm-hmm. and then turning to face what he has to face. And then he uh, pulls out a joke. Who talks first? You talk. Yes. You talk first. <laughs> yeah, I talk. First. I've never done this before. I, I can't hear you. This thing. Um, <laughs> talking about that made me think about what are some of the force powers that were used in all three uh, trilogies, and one of them is the force vision. Mm-hmm. You have Luke and Dagobah fighting Vader and cutting off his head and uh, revealing his own face inside you have um anakin dreaming of the future and the possibility of uh uh padme dying and then you have um ray in um a new hope not a new hope well i'm sorry (laughs) ray in (laughs) force awakens (laughs) touching um luke's um lightsaber and it eliciting like a lot of information for her uh, a certain vision as well as her own dark side vision in the last jedi um do you think in a way all of those are the same power do you think each one serves uh their story in its own way um and what is what should be inferred from that, that this is some kind of truth or is it some kind of uh, possibility? Um, I do feel like it is some kind of truth. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to read Yoda's quote that I always go back to and not only for force visions, but also for um, something that was conceived after the fact, and uh, I think a lot of people have retrograded uh, this uh, quote to to fit um, the world between worlds. Um, so in Empire Strikes Back, 1980, obviously, um, Yoda says, Through the Force, things you will see, other places, the future, the past, old friends long gone. And that is a quote that to me is very interesting because it's it's almost prophetic. Like I said, I mean, you know, this was written for The Empire Strikes Back in 1980. We get, uh, 
you know, the world between worlds and we get some other stuff that, uh, you know, the authors of some of the newer uh, Star Wars um, may or may not have taken that line and really expanded on what does it mean to see other places and other things through the force. Mm -hmm. I think the world between world uh, definitely um, falls under that category for me, at least. And we know that, uh, you know, later in Yoda's life, uh, he was able to enter the world between worlds. He was able to almost uh, train or commune with uh, with Ezra and, and other Jedi. Um, so to me, it's interesting to me. I think uh, I think, you know, that that one aspect of the force that we uh, are very familiar with uh, to be able to. Um, you know, have, I don't know, some sort of premonitions or uh, future sight. Um, I think that that definitely plays into um, this quote, obviously, but I think it also plays into everyone's um, tuning in to this plane of existence where everything exists at once. Um, you know, not to get yeah. metaphysical on you, but I think, you know, they're um, – you know, there's there's something to be said about about that line specifically. Oh yeah, I I think uh, I do believe that all roads go. When it comes to the Force, all roads lead back to Yoda in Empire Strikes Back, um, and I mean the idea in in um, all the stories that come that use the Force do relate back to his somewhat vague but somehow very specific description of it uh whether it's uh what you just said or this crude matter or do or do not there is no try um it all relates back to that and uh for that i think it's very impressive how much material they keep expanding but meanwhile all based upon that yeah, absolutely. I think you know you, uh, something that I have not really considered too is is what you just said is is the the ability to almost study Yoda's text, his lines, uh, his ideology, um, and I don't know, and place that ideology um, in the puzzle that is the Force in different spots to be able to see you know uh, something from a, a new perspective, perhaps, or or in a new light. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, kudos to, to uh, you know, Lucas and, and team, obviously, uh, you know, especially in the Empire Strikes Back. I mean, there's a lot there during Luke and Yoda's uh, training sequence. Um, there's a lot there to sink our teeth into. And I think uh, we're, you know, we're even now, you know, many decades after Empire Strikes Back, we're still kind of uh, picking those ideas apart. And I love it. folks i wanted to take a little break and say thank you to all the patrons here at the scare scuttlebutt podcast do you all remind me to make sure that we spit out some good product here from topics to technical we want to make sure that you are proud of us enough to attach your name to this show first of all our executor tier scott and kim of the use and abuse podcast a proud member of the red five family make sure to check them out visit them in the chat when they go live for fun and shenanigans and speaking of shenanigans another one 
wonderful supporter, Nicholas Schaefer, Mr. Backyard Tardis himself. Hey, he's got a channel, Adventures in Locksmithing, and if you think rekeying is all he does, well, you should watch a few of his videos and prepare yourself for the crazies. Alright, and moving on to our garrison tier, big thanks to the Frank, our resident Back to the Future expert. Log in and say hello. What's up, Frank? Melanie Marquita, big high five to you, my friend. One of my favorite collaborators. We got comics and cosmetics. Danny, her YouTube channel's got the latest nerd news and some awesome tips on comics and cosmetics. Go give her a sub. All right, big shout outs to Alex, the salty nerd himself. Nicole, peace, love, and all fandoms. And someone who brings joy to my timeline, Belinda. So glad you're on this list. I also want to give a special shout out to Vader, Rapina, and Rennie. And of course, Ollie and family. Thank you guys for your support. Thank you, patrons and friends of the podcast. If you're interested in helping to keep the lights on here, get some exclusive Scarab swag, stickers, and my periodic row rant episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. So uh, I, I don't mean to uh, hijack you here, but if you could have, say, two or three force powers, which ones would you want? Um, that's hard because you know you've got the you've got the thinking man's force powers where you can you know um, take advantage of psychometry and uh, you know force visions and and just existing on another another plane altogether but you also have the fun stuff like force choking and force lightning those are always a lot of fun <laughs> yes. Um, yes I don't know can I pick one from each column <laughs> yeah. um, but it's uh, you know I think um, yeah I would have to go with uh, with force visions uh, to be able to maybe, you know, learn about something, you know, that happens in the future so you're not super surprised. I think that's always yeah. an interesting thing when it comes to the Force. Um, you know, I, I think the the practical ones, I think everybody would love to, you know, if, if you're sitting on the couch and you've got your blanket over you and you don't want to get up to change the channel, you just, you know, kind of use the force to grab the remote Every, <laughs> yeah. everybody wants to do that but uh some of these more um you know uh i guess uh psychological aspects or some of these more cerebral um aspects to force tricks um i think are the ones that would interest me uh a little bit more than you know your usual force choke or or force lightning yeah yeah, I mean, force lightning would be fun at the on the playground. Sure. Yeah. I I honestly think I'd go. I I like the Jedi mind trick. Here's the thing. I'm not a very. I don't like conflict, bro. I'm not a, like a big <laughs> into conflict. So anything to kind of subvert conflict, I'm gonna go with Jedi mind trick. Perfect. I do like the. And it could be related to, uh, you know, just grabbing the remote too, making the sound somewhere so that people are distracted and you can walk by without being viewed. Um, 
And I think you're I I think you're right. The visions would be nice. Although I look, I have doubts about facts that are right in front of my face. If you gave me a vision, I'd be like, well, it could mean I should go to the store right now, or or it could mean I should stay home. I don't know. I don't know which one. What's the right choice? Yeah. What's a, yeah. And then I have to use the Jedi mind trick on myself and be like, you want to go to the store? And I'd be like, I want to go to the store. Okay. I need Toll House cookies. Yeah, because <laughs> I was talking about the force and I need cookies. But yeah, it's uh, you know the the force is uh, you know it's definitely um, it's definitely a, a a fictional powerhouse that uh, that will go down in the history and pop culture as something um, that uh, you know I, I dare to say is is untouched in in modern lore um you know yeah. use the force luke is almost as ubiquitous as beam me up scotty and yes. it's it's um you know it's it's something that is part of a of a franchise uh you know obviously a franchise that we know and love but um i you know I, i'm always interested in 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 learning more and and kind of uh you know dissecting uh new uh, abilities uh granted from some of the shows that we watch and I think, um, you know, we we, uh, we did uh, talk a little bit about Ahsoka, but, uh, you know, the Acolyte is coming soon um, next year. Yeah. And I think we're going to be learning some stuff about uh, the dark side, um, which uh, has me all giddy because, as you know, um, <laughs> the dark side does have cookies. Um, so there you go. No wonder. <laughs> instead of the lightsaber on on the emperor's console panel on his chair in the death star it was a, just a plate of cookies and he turned to luke and he's like you want these yes. <laughs> absolutely yeah smell the cookies luke <laughs> Excellent. Dave, it is always a pleasure hanging out with you talking Star Wars. Uh, you know, folks, if you have any uh, of your own ideas as far as force powers, uh, what you think of the force throughout the movies, give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 773-234-8659 and we'll play it on a show and maybe we'll even talk about it. But um, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Dave, why don't you tell the folks where people can find you to say hello there. <laughs> General Kenobi. <laughs> well, uh, you can find me on uh, X Threads. I can't believe that's the first time I called Twitter X. Yeah, I'm not calling it ever. X. <laughs> yeah, okay, thank you. Twitter, Threads, Blue Sky, Instagram, at Star Wars Mean to You, at Star Wars Mean, the number two, the letter U. And you can hear my show, What Does Star Wars Mean to You? Anywhere where you stream podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google, all of it. Um, and yeah, please uh, hit me up on, uh, give me a follow, hit me up, uh, ask questions. I love talking to people and finding out what it means to them. Excellent, my friend. Like I said, it's always a pleasure hanging out with you talking Star Wars. Until the next time, we got to have you back more often because it is always a blast, sir. Any final words on the Force? On uh, the Force? You know what? I think it goes back to what you said. It is that small belief in yourself that can ignite action. There you go. Wow, I can't believe I just did that. I'm trying to choke. I'm trying to force choke you. Is it working?
Excellent. <laughs> you will get me cookies now. <laughs> Hold on, Ro. I want to go get you cookies. Uh, but before I do, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. It, it has been a blast. And I so enjoy our conversations. And, and thank you. And I'll, I'll be right back with the, those cookies. Okay. <laughs> See ya. Excellent. It worked. You can find the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast wherever you find your other favorite shows. And we are part of the Red 5 Network. Check out the rest of the Red 5 Network at bio.link slash red5. And again, send us a voicemail. Give us a call at 773-234-8659. Let us know what's on your mind. Until next time, this is Ro. Say hello to Dave. And that's the Scuttlebutt. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. Red 5 Network.